This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. It's my privilege to be introduced by my dad. So, it's, you know, it's great, it's great to work as families and um, really, really do love my dad. And we, we like working together. And it's, it's interesting because... Um, you know, when you look back at my grandma, who was competitive and still is competitive, she, you think about how quickly life can just sort of end, you know? And you think about the mark that you made in life. And, you know, some of the things we didn't talk about were the fact that she was a great tennis player. She was like a, you know, an award-winning tennis player. She did a few things. Um, there were some achievements she made, but the biggest thing was that she impacted the people around her. The biggest thing is that she used her life to try and bring joy and encouragement to everyone around her. And those are the things that, I guess, really make, make the difference in our life. And so just turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you make a difference in me right now just by sitting there. Thank you for sitting next to me. Amen. <clears throat> uh, you know, what, what, what Dad said just now, if, if there's no love in a room, we've lost. If there's no love in the room, it doesn't matter what happens in the room, right? Yesterday we were, we were encouraging people at our, at our Cross Awards night and just encouraging all the people who've been involved and just saying, hey, well done, keep going. We really love what you, you are. We really love who you are, not necessarily just what you do. But have you ever felt lonely in a crowd? Some of you right now are like, yes, don't raise your hand because the person next to you will feel bad. Where you, where you question the smiles that are around you. Have you ever questioned the smiles that are around you? Have you ne- ever needed encouragement where your hope is shot and all you get is comparison? I remember as a kid, I, I wanted to have someone acknowledge how good my knife was. And I went to this guy who was a hunter. Um, and I was like, hey, look, look how cool my knife is. And instead of him saying, good, good knife, son, he was like, I've got a bigger knife. And then I said, well, my, my dad's got a bigger knife than that. And then he says, oh, you should have seen my uncle 10 years ago. He had a massive knife that would have made that look like a small butter knife. And, and you're just like, I just, I just wanted you to acknowledge that I have a cool knife. Have you ever needed someone to say, I've got your back and I'm behind you? Have you ever felt like, You'll be, you'll be weak if you let people know that I'm actually down and out and I need encouragement right now. You know, there's something, something that happens uh, in the gym. There's, there's, there's been research done where unless you have a trainer pushing you, you can only get to 40% of your potential working out by yourself. So that's a whole 60% gap that you can't get to without anybody else around you. Have you, ever, have you ever wanted encouragement from someone and you, you, it's almost like you know you have to earn their encouragement? It's like, if I do simple things, I'm not going to get encouraged. I have to do some grand things. It's like, you've got to earn the right to be encouraged. Like people will say, I'm not going to encourage you because you have to earn the right to be encouraged by me. You can't just do something small. You have to do something big. When you finally walk on the moon, I will then encourage you. Have you seen those people in church before? Where it's like, you, 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 you just can't get an encouraging word out of them. <laughs> you know, it's not the same to be encouraged by an encouragement helpline. I think there, there's, there's those that actually exist right now. If you, if you Google like encourageme.com or something, you will find people that will just give you some sort of encouragement, like keep going today, you are cool. Like keep going today, you will make it. It's like people who find their encouragement from fortune cookies. Have, have, you, have you ever met someone that, that, that talks about the fortune cookie they got two weeks ago? And you're like, you are encouraged by a fortune cookie? Where are you going? To a Chinese restaurant. Why, because you like Chinese? No, because I like fortune cookies. Because when I open the fortune cookie, something says you can do it. Something says that you can go. 
You've heard stories of people who said, I felt burned out because I was alone. I felt like I couldn't go anymore because it was just me. I grew weary in well-doing. And I think one of the greatest things when you look at a life that's just passed, or when you think about your life, one of the greatest words you can hear is not necessarily well done, but thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Who, who are you not giving up on right now? You see, see, Zim's changing, right? And when you look at the change, we've got to look internally and say, God, what is it that you're putting on the inside of us that's going to come out, on, out of us so we can impact the world? Things are changing. Uh, do you remember when the policemen used to stop us all the time? <laughs> they don't anymore, which is great. And uh, do, they're, they're actually getting a problem right now because have you seen them? No one's picking them up when they're looking for lifts. They, they, no one wants to pick up a policeman anymore. But I think, but, but there's, there's, there's changes in the nation. There's changes in our heart. And there's, there's things that God wants, us to, wants to do. And what can happen is when we're in a pressure situation, often we can look inside and only focus on ourselves. Often we can look at our own problems and say, um, I need someone to, to help me. Because none of us in this room say, Tommy, I am way too full of encouragement from other people. Please stop. I don't need any more encouragement in my life. There, there is no one in the room like this. And, and, and if there is, you, you need to hold a seminar on, on encouragement. Thank you for not giving up on me. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 9 verse 27. And I want to paint this picture because it's so important that, that we hear what God is saying and understand why it is that we are the hope of the world in Jesus. So just a real, real quick picture. Everyone knows the story about Paul, but just to recap, Paul, or Saul, was the person who was persecuting Christians. He, ha he hated Christians. He would go out intentionally out of his way to get a mandate to put Christians in prison. And then all of a sudden, Jesus rocks up in his life and says, and, and he sees this light and he's transformed. And Jesus tells him that he's going to minister to the Gentiles and all over the world. And he's by himself and he goes blind and he has this amazing encounter with Ananias. But he's doing all the wrong things before that. And he has this encounter with Ananias and all of a sudden he's like, the people that I was persecuting, now I want to be part of them. I understand the Jesus that they serve. I understand this revelation of the cross and Jesus and, and the salvation and the, the, the joy and the hope that he's bringing. And you can imagine Paul wanting to now go and be with the disciples who he's persecuted formally, right? It's like when you're on one team and then you move to the next team and it's like, I don't know what's going on here. And here you have, you have Paul that says, I wanna, I wanna be with you. And, he, and, and, and the Bible says that he tried to transition into them. He tried to, he, tried to, he tried to become part of them, but the disciples were so concerned and nervous that they didn't let him come into their fold. And you can imagine Paul looking at the disciples. These are my guys, but, but I'm not accepted right now. These are, these are the people I'm supposed to be serving with, but I'm not, I'm not feeling the love right now. In fact, they're so scared of Paul because of what he's done in the past, they can't see Paul for what he's, what he's become. And they look at him and they say, that's the guy that like, sanctioned the killing of Philip or Stephen. That, that's the guy who was trying to put all of us in prison. I don't know if we can fellowship with this guy. And again, they're looking internally. Why? Because they're scared. There's a bit of fear. They're saying, I'm, I'm concerned with this. And then there's a guy called Barnabas. And Barnabas means the son of encouragement. And the son of encouragement comes to the situation where there's this disconnect between these two parties. One who feels completely like, Jesus, did you actually show up in my life? If they're going to reject me, how do I do this work? If I don't feel like I can connect and feel loved from this body, how am I gonna, how am I gonna fulfill my God-given calling? But Barnabas took him 
brought him to the apostles and said, listen guys, we're gonna stop this nonsense. Let me tell you something. On the road, he saw the Lord and God spoke to him. And at Damascus, he's preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you who this person is. This is someone who's marked by God. Before the disciples could see it, Barnabas came and said, I see it. I see who you are. I'm the son of encouragement and I'm gonna encourage you to connect with the disciples and I'm gonna encourage the disciples to see this man, not if you've seen him in the past, but as you see him as God sees him. The son of encouragement. Thank you for not giving up on me. Think about, think about, Paul, think about Paul. Now Paul went on to be one of the greatest apostles, one of the greatest advocates for Jesus, one of the greatest evangelists. And if you look at, and, and planted churches everywhere, and if you, look at, if you look at how Barnabas played such a key role, can't we all be like Barnabas to see they may feel like they're on the outskirts, but I'll, I want to bring you in. The disciples, the church, may not see who that person is, but I see them and I want to bring them in. Let's not sit in the seat of judgment, but let's look for what Jesus paid for and look past what we see in the flesh. So I want to show you why this is so important. Turn to your neighbor and just say, be a Barnabas. You see, the Bible says, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus said that. It doesn't say what kind of trouble. And he says, but take heart. Everyone say, take heart. For I have overcome the world. You see, sometimes we look at encouragement. Encouragement is not praise because the Bible doesn't actually say that we should praise man. All our praise goes to God. So encouragement is not praise. It's not, it's not a worship of man. It's, it's not a rescuing or fixing or overprotecting. I think sometimes when we see someone who's down and out, we feel like we have to do everything for them. I felt like that before. Or it's an overprotecting. It's not even necessarily prayer, but it's an extra dose of courage to push someone in the, in, into God's fullness for their life. It's an extra dose of courage. If you think about it, if you think about it, it's in courage. Courage is that, like, is that, is that, is that word right in between that, um, is the word in the word. Encourage. Can I give you courage to fulfill God's given potential in your life? People say, well, Tommy, listen, we don't need encouragement. We have, we have the Lord. He can encourage us. We, 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 we have helplines. They can encourage us. Let me, let me show you why that doesn't work. Yesterday, or two, a few days ago, I was with a pastor from, from, from a different church around the city. And he was, he, you know, you could tell he was a little bit distraught, a little bit sad, a little bit down and out. And I just grabbed him and I said, man, listen, I want to I encourage you, bro. God, God has got your back. Those seeds that you've sown, he sees them. He sees your heart. He sees when you've hit your knees. He's seen the hard toils that you've done for your church. And all of a sudden, he starts coming alive and he looks at me and he says, you know what? I've had so much prayer this week, but no prayers help me like your words of encouragement. Sometimes we think encouragement is just pray. It's like, hey, we'll just pray for you. I may not need prayer right now, but I may need someone to see something in me that I don't even see in myself. I may need someone to see something in me that I feel like I might be blind to for a long time. Because if, 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 we, if we, we are the body for a reason because we all work together and come back and say, I, I believe in you, man. I, I know you've been killing Christians in the past, but, but I see something on the inside of you. You see, we're not just people in a room. We're not just here in a room enjoying life all of us are called by God to wreak havoc for the enemy all of us are called by God to bring love where there is no love to bring hope where there's hopelessness to bring a light of salvation where people don't know Jesus and so 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 the enemy is not looking at us like oh wow well there she goes or hey oh there, there, there he goes just messing up my kingdom you see Jesus even said I send you as sheep amongst wolves you, don't, you never want to go amongst wolves by yourself, right? I've taken some of our pastors around lions, but we're together. And it works when you're together. 
there was a there was a man, and I spoke this at the graduation. We had a um, the high school graduation this week, and I want to read this from a guy called Richard Baxter, who was commissioning and sending out missionaries into different parts of the world. And here's what he said as they graduated. Right. So picture this: you've just graduated. You're going to go into the world to change the world, and you want an encouragement speech. Okay. Listen to what he says. He says this: Take heed, therefore, brethren. For the enemy had a special eye on you. You shall have his utmost subtle insinuations and incessant solicitations and violent assaults. As wise and as learned as you are, take heed to yourselves, lest he outwit you. The devil is a greater all-time scholar than you and a nimbler disputant. He can transform himself into an angel of light to deceive you. He will cheat you of your faith or innocency and you shall not know that you have lost it. In fact, he will make you believe it has multiplied or increased when it is actually lost. You shall see neither hook or line, much less the subtle angler himself. While he is still offering you his bait, his bait shall be so fitted to your temper and disposition that he will be sure to find the advantages within you and make your own principles and inclinations betray you. And whenever he ruineth you, he will make you the instrument of your own ruin. We're not on some fairy tale journey. We're not just here singing kumbaya and giving sweets to kids. We, we, we are here to wreak havoc for the enemy. We, we are here to plunder hell and populate heaven. We, we are here to take the brokenhearted and say, there is a plan for your life. And I may not know how to give it all to you, but I'm going to encourage you today that you are not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got you, man. So, so, so how, how do we encourage? The church should be one of the most, encourage, the most encouraging um, groups in society. People should walk into the church and be like, I have way too much encouragement when I come in there. Like, 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 like how many times does the person next to you encourage you today? Right? How many, how many times do you walk into church and be like, man, that's way too much encouragement for me. Like, I, I need to leave a church early because I get way too much encouragement. What, because if there's no love, it doesn't matter what we're doing in the room. And, 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 and ch check this out. Um, what we have to do is to, how we encourage. You ready for this? There's three points. How do we encourage? Number one, we point them back to anchored hope. How many of you know that hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? Proverbs says that. And if you've ever had your heart sick, it's terrible. You, 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 you have your hope in something and then all of a sudden it, it crashes and, and then you're like, oh, I can't, I can't do anything. When you have heart sickness, the Bible says, uh, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life, right? No one wants to be around a sick heart. How do you give encouragement when you're sick? So, so often we put our hope in the wrong place. And let me show you how hope works. If um, there, was, there was a time I had hepatitis A. Anyone ever have hepatitis? It's a terrible sickness. I do not encourage anyone to get it. And, and um, it was when the police were on the roadblocks. And I, 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 hepatitis gives you yellow eyes, okay? So it looks freaky. Um, and yellow eyes, and I was like, I was like coughing, and um, you know, my, my face was super pasty, my hair was a mess, I was coming from the doctor after some sort of a, um, a medication that I was prescribed, I wasn't sleeping, and the cops pull me over. And they say, sir, you are violating so many different things right now. And I said, man, I'm so sorry. He said, yep, you got this and this and this and this and this wrong with you. And then he says, you don't have this, that's gonna be a $20 fine, you don't have this. And the fee was coming to like 120 bucks. And, uh, and all of a sudden I looked up at him and I started coughing and he saw my yellow eyes. And he was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, yeah, man, I got hepatitis. And he goes, oh, wow. And he backed off from the car and he said, you just go. <laughs> so when we, have, when we have heart sickness, people can feel it. How do we give courage when we're heart sick? We can't. That's why our hope has to be put in the right place. If we put our hope in chariots, like Pastor Tom's been saying in the past week, we will set ourselves up for hope sickness or heart sickness. So check this out. 
Let me, let, let, me, let me show you how we can help this. Romans 5 verse 3. Um, look at the scripture on the screen. It says, not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. For God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given. For at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. It is rare that anyone would die for a righteous man, though for the good of someone who might possibly dare to die. But God proves his love for us in this. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. He saw us as his bride before we were eligible to be that. Think about this. He saw us before we could ever stand next to him as his bride and his righteousness. He says, I see who they can be. I see who Paul can be. I see who the person sitting next to me can be. And I'm going to encourage you to be that. But look at this. Look how this works. It says, not only that your suffering produces perseverance, your perseverance character, and your character hope. You see, so often we want hope immediately. When we're going through these trials as Christians and as kingdom people, the, the, the starting place of hope is suffering. That's where we begin. So when we're in these times of suffering and perseverance on our way to hope, guess what? We need the encouragement of the brethren. We need the encouragement of people saying, I got you, man. You can do this. Let me call you for what you are not. Let me see something in you that you haven't seen before. What does that look like if we were all to see each other the way God sees us? Because so often we just want hope. We'll say, hey, you should have hope. Come on, man. Get your hopes up. Yeah, but it starts with the suffering and this perseverance. So if you are in persevering right now, you're on your way to hope. If you're in suffering right now, you've started the journey to a hope that doesn't disappoint. But it's, it doesn't just come. There's the suffering and this working out. I, 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 um, we can do more when we're encouraged than we can when we feel like we're alone. I, I remember um, my brother John, and he's, he's here today. My brother John was... Um, He's a great athlete, but in primary school, he just wasn't, he was a good athlete, but he didn't care about competition. And so when we'd have sports days, he would run, you know, with the short shorts and you know how, how, how it is. Um, he would run and he was always concerned about the people behind him. So they didn't feel like bad that they would be the last. So John would come back and be the last person to cross the finish line just so that everyone felt okay. Now that's not the encouragement I'm talking about. But that's what he would do. And, and, and we, we remember as a family like talking and saying, man, John came like second in this race. What, what happened? Has there been a change of heart? Like, and we, we asked him, we said, John, what happened to you? How, how come you changed? He said, he said, everyone in the whole place was shouting, go, John. Go, John. Go, John. And he said, it just made me go faster. It just made me run harder. It just made me do what I thought I couldn't do. It made me not think about my surroundings. It made me go forward. And when we asked him, we said, we said, but John, not everyone knows you, bro. We realized that the event was at St. John's school. <laughs> and everyone's saying, go John's, go John's. And he went from being the person <laughs> Constantly worried about his surroundings to someone who felt encouraged. <laughs> who, who are we shouting go John to? You see, the, the, the crazy thing about that story is that it, it was almost false encouragement. But it still worked. It still worked. Who do we encourage? Where could we get to if we felt that encouraged? What could we do with our race if we felt like everyone was on the sidelines saying, go Peter, go Mark, go to Fadzwa, run. We, we, we wouldn't be focused on what's around us. 
we'd be focused on the cheers. We'd be focused on the fact that I can actually do this. I, I truly believe that, 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 that we cannot get to where we're called to be without people coming around us and encouraging us and pulling out what we don't even see in ourselves sometimes. Have, have you ever had someone see something in you that you didn't even see in yourself? Someone to have the boldness to step out and say, I'm going to encourage you. But so often, people are looking and they're saying, I, I, man, I just, I just need a boost. I just need someone to see something in me that I haven't seen. And when we're in these times of trials and maybe wondering and holding patterns, we can, we can constantly look at ourselves and say, but I need encouragement. I need some help. I need some support. I, how come no one's giving it to me? But if we all waited for encouragement we'd never get it. But if we all gave encouragement, we would all get it. And so think about it. How do we go out and support the body around us? How do we go and say, I see something in the inside of you? I was telling someone, one of our youth the other day, I said, I believe, I believe in you more than I believe in some preacher in the West who's got three million followers and who's like a semi-superstar. And he was like, how come? I said, because I don't even know that guy. I'm not, put be- I'm not put beside him. I'm put beside you. You're in my life for a reason. Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you what I see in you. Let me tell you the promise that God has in you. Let me tell you about the giftings that I've seen, the things you may not even see about yourself. Here we have Paul saying, am I going to even be part of this? Can I be part of this? I feel like I'm completely rejected by the disciples. And Barnabas comes and says, let me show you who this man is. Let me tell you who you are, Paul. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I'm encouraged. Number two, call them before they're there. Before it happens, Jesus saw who we were, that we were his bride. That's his nature. It's it's Jesus' nature to see us who we are before we actually get there. Do we see the person sitting next to you? Think about it. Who are they before they actually get there? Call them before they get there. If you think about, um, everyone knows the story of the Israelites who were trying to go into the promised land, right? And they sent two spies out. The spies came back. They saw the land, or they sent a lot of spies. They all came back, and most of them said, guys, it's amazing, but we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. Isn't it funny how they didn't say like, I was a grasshopper in my sight, and so I wasn't theirs. They assumed the grasshopper status for everyone. They were like, you're a grasshopper. We definitely can't make this work. You're a grasshopper. I don't want to be on your team. Jeez, you are like a small grasshopper. There is no way we can do this. And, and, and what they, they assumed grasshopper status for everyone. But, but Caleb and Joshua came back and said, guess what? We can do this. We can make this work. God has given it to us. Look at who he's called us to be. We are the chosen people of God. You, sir, are a mighty warrior. And you can take down 10 people with one hand behind your back. You, sir, and and they start looking at people differently. They're like, we can do this. What are you looking at people around? So many of us don't see the warrior in each other. We just see the grasshopper. We look and we're like, how many of you have looked around and be like, jeez, man. I don't, want to, I don't want to have any big calling right now because I'm surrounded by grasshoppers. But Caleb and Joshua had a different approach. They said, we can do this. We can make this work. I see not an army of grasshoppers, but I see an army of people who are called by God, who've tasted his presence, who's been able to see his power, who he loves. I see it before you see it in yourself. I see it before you understand who you are. You see, we're beside each other for a reason. You're sitting next to the person today for a reason. You walked into this church for a reason, to be encouraged and to encourage. Not as the world gives some sort of a hope, but as he gives us this peace. He gives us the right to look at each other and say, I see you the way God sees you. You see, the Israelites looked at God as unable and everyone around as unable. We're just an unable group of people and we will never defeat these, these giants. 
When last did you feel like you were encouraged by a brother to where you're like, I can hold on to that word. Thank you for not giving up on me. You see, we can't see anyone by the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 says, He died for all so that we should not live for ourselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Although we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not so any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, look at what this says. It says, don't look at anyone by the flesh, but by the spirit. You see, when you look at someone by the spirit, you feel God's love for them. When you look at someone by the spirit, you see who they are in Christ and you say, man, I want to fight for you. But so often we look back and we say, I'm looking, I'm looking at this person by the flesh. I'm looking at Paul standing there who's redeemed in the spirit, but in the flesh, I remember that face who came after us Christians. I remember that guy who was on the sidelines of church and he never actually really did get involved. I remember the guy that I went back to again and again and he kept on ignoring me. But I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna call you out because the enemy is gonna do everything that he can to distract you. Everything that he can to quiet a calling. When we went climbing Kilimanjaro a few years ago um, with, 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 with my dad and a few people from the church, I remember the, the comment was that unless we were together, we never would have made it to the top. Unless we were there saying, you got this, man. You got this. I, I, I see you can do it. We never would have made it to the top. There's something about self-encouragement that doesn't work as well as brotherly encouragement. It just doesn't work. Because sometimes we need someone to step in when we've, when we've lost sight of who we are, when we've given up on ourselves to, to stand in the gap and say, I haven't given up on you. How many people have we looked at and we're just like, ah, I, I've given up on them. How many, of you, how many of you have ever given up on someone? Look, look, look at what the scripture says on this. And this is, again, this is super simple, but this is what we're gonna be known for as a church. As we've talked about this as leadership, we want, we, we, if we encourage each other, we're going to encourage the world. Um, number three, keep on calling it out. So many of us say, I, well, I tried to encourage a brother. I tried to bring him into the fold. I tried to make him be all that I saw he could be, but he just didn't reach his potential. What a shame. Have you tried enough? Look at this next scripture. In Hebrews 3 verse 13, it says, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today. But encourage one another every day as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. How many of you know sin surrounds us? We are, we are sinful beings. We are, we are, we are, we are bad people. Without, without the love of Jesus, without his crucifixion for us, we're bad people. And the deceitfulness of sin around us, not, not only just within us, but around us, can harden our hearts. That's why he's saying, but exhort one another, Hebrews, so that every day, as long as it's called today, so many of us say, oh, I encouraged a brother last week. He should hold on to that. Last year, I gave him a word. You just gotta go back to that word, sir. Every day, as long as it is called today, are you an encouragement bringer? Or are you constantly looking for encouragement? Do you see people the way God sees them by the Spirit? Because we can't do this alone. We can't change this nation alone. We can't change and win over souls alone who, are, who could be rotting in hell if we don't intercept them. We could be looking at people as, oh, well, he's just a druggie. Oh, yeah, well, he's just, he's just hell-bent on alcohol. What a, what a shame. I don't care. You may be like that now, but here's how I see you. You may feel like a grasshopper now, but here's how I see you. Here's how God sees you. How often do we do that? Because that's going to be, we need all of us. So often I think we feel like, oh, we've got enough of us. We don't have enough. Every one of us has to contribute to this beautiful thing called God's kingdom. When lost, 
did someone say to you, thank you for not giving up on me? As long as it is called today, encourage one another. As long as it is called today. You see, sometimes, sometimes we don't even need to be like accurate. Have you ever been encouraged by something that like shouldn't have encouraged you and you got the wrong end of the stick? I have a problem. I have a very big problem that I don't save people's last name in my phone. So like I have a ton of people called Shepherd and I have a ton of people called Milton and I have a ton of people called like, you know, Tafadzo and I don't know who they are. So I I play like phone call roulette every time I call someone. I'm like, I hope this is going to be the right Tafadzo. And I remember calling someone and it was the wrong guy, like some guy who's definitely not a Christian, not in the church. And I called him and I just said, hey, what's up, brother? And he was like, hey, um, I think you got the wrong number. I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? So I flipped it. I was like, man, I just want to encourage you, bro. I just want to encourage you. And uh, I don't know what you're going through right now, but here's what I see. And, here's, and, he, and, he, and he responded, he said, thank you so much for calling me and encouraging me. Thank you so much for, 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 for thinking about me. It, ch- it changed my week. There was another guy who, who, had, who had an issue with his family and they were going through a really rough time. And I, and I sent this message. I said, I think God's gonna restore your family and your marriage and all this is gonna turn out for good. And I sent it to the wrong shepherd or the wrong, yeah, the wrong shepherd. And he comes back and he, sent, and, and he writes back, he says, that was such a word on point. Thank you so much. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like two, two people in one. But, but as long as we have an encouraging heart and an encouraging spirit, God will use that for good to accomplish the purpose in people's life. But how, how come we encourage people we don't even know on social media when they like do stuff? And then the person next to you, you're like, ah, they're not worth encouraging. It's like some, some, some crazy artist will come out with something in like, you know, Korea and we'll be like, oh, amazing, so good. And then the person next to us like goes out and just like, just helps get food for an orphan. And we're like, oh, well, that's what you should be doing anyway. Can we have an encouragement body? Can we walk into this place constantly and be encouraged? Whenever we go into a room, can we encourage, bring encouragement into that room? Because remember what the scripture says, as long as it's today, let us encourage each other. You see, the enemy is trying to break us all the time. Think about that, that commissioning to those people who went out trying to break you. He will try and break you. He will use your schemes against you. He will use your principles against you. He'll make you feel like you're not even saved. Like you're doing nothing. There was a guy in last week, after all the celebrations, or two weeks ago, after all the celebrations, um, you know, it, it, those celebrations were pretty crazy. We, we went downtown, and there was a guy who just bought a bunch of beers, um, and he just filled his car with beers, and he was just handing out beers to everyone. It was actually crazy. Um, he didn't offer me one, which I thought was great. Um, but right after all the celebrations, people put their hope sometimes in something that could be happening in the flesh, right? Or in, in, and they put their hope in the wrong place. And I, I remember coming back, we had a Sunday night service and Milton mentioned this last week, but I was coming out to my car with my kids and my wife and we got into the car and as we were about to leave, this guy knocks on my door and um, it's a guy called Benny. And I was like, Benny, what's up, man? And he's like, can I get a lift? I said, yeah, sure, jump in my car. So Rach got in the back and um, Benny got in the, in, the, in the seat. And, you know, we start driving. And he's like, hey, just drop me off, you know, wherever in this area. So we're talking and everything's fine. And as, I about, as I'm about to drop him off, he gets out of the door and he looks back at me. And he says, uh, Pastor, I just want to say goodbye. I was like, goodbye? I was like, you could have said goodbye at the church. What do you mean Goodbye. He says, no, tonight I'm going to take my life because it doesn't make sense for me to be here anymore. And all of a sudden, this grown man just starts crying. 
and he grips his beanie off his head and he starts wiping his tears and, his, and, and he's just like, I can't do this anymore. And I said, Benny, we've been on a journey together, Benny. We, we, we helped get some stock so you could start a business and start helping people and you started doing that, right? He says, I did. But then all that was taken from me because of the city cleanup. And I can't start again. I can't start. And he just, he just breaks down in my, and I, and, and I was like, you know, what do you do? And he's, and he's getting out of the car, like, like going to heaven, he thinks. And I said, I said, no. I said, get back in the car. And he gets back in the car. And he says, no, 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 it's better this way. I said, no, it's not. It's not. He says, no, it is. I said, that's not how this works, mate. He gets back in. And, um, and we start driving. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, but, but I'll tell you something. The wickedness in our heart, without God's love shed abroad in our hearts, the wickedness is there, man. Because part of me wanted to say, how dare you say this in front of my children? How dare you bring this to me now when my wife and my kids are here? I'm just being honest. There's a small part of my heart that was like, ah, good riddance. No, I'm serious, man. The wickedness in our hearts is there. It's there, man. And I was like, and, 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 but, 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 but the encouragement and the grace overpowered me. And I said, get back in the car, man. We start going, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So I called one of the guys I work with. Um, I called Milton. I said, hey, um, I need you to figure out this guy's background because he's speaking a lot of Sean, and I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure we're doing the right thing here. And we come out, and we're in this parking lot, and, we start, and this guy breaks down in the parking lot. He's like, I can't do this anymore. What do you do? You can't help him with cash. You can't help him with a fizzy drink. Fizzy drink doesn't help someone who's suicidal. And, and, and here's the thing. We can encourage based on our hope. Restore to me the joy and the hope of my salvation. We can, we can only encourage people based on the salvation that Jesus gave us. So we're sitting there, we, we're like, okay, um, hey, we're just going to pray for you. God will never forsake you or leave you. You've given your life to him, Benny. And he says, are you sure? I said, yes, that's all I have. That's all we know. So we prayed for him again, and we said, okay, we're going to find you a job. And, he's, and he breaks out. He says, if you find me a job, this is going to be the best day of my life. He leaves. And, uh, and then we, we were driving home. And my son says, Dad, why were you mean to that guy? I said, what do you mean? He says, you kept on saying, no, no. Why don't you just let him do what he wanted to do? I was like, son. Then... So my wife, we, we don't want to lie to our kids, right? Like, so my wife's like, well, he was going to maybe do something bad. He's like, like what? <laughs> my son's very inquisitive. He's like, like, you know, kind of maybe hurt himself. And then Levi's like, like kill himself. Like with a knife. We're like, ah, leaves, you know what, man? People go through stuff. And we just prayed for him. But, 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 but the, so, so, so anyway, he comes we, we, we set up a job for him. And he goes to the job interview. No one comes to the job interview. But he's got a hope. He's encouraged. Not from words of man. Not from a few bucks. But from something on the inside that says, Jesus will never leave me or forsake me. And even if I don't see my salvation now, I know that I'm going to see this hope because I'm in that perseverance stage. And while I'm persevering, I need someone to come and say, I believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself. When you feel like it's all over, I still got your back, man. And, 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 and so, so he's walking. How many of us have, 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 have sons and daughters who are like, ah, I don't even know what's going on with you. So he goes in and he comes, he comes back and he's like, hey, the next, the next week he's at church. And I'm like, I don't know where this guy is. Because he didn't get the job and I don't know what happened. He comes to church beaming and he may even be here today and he's beaming and he's like, guess what? He's like, God is faithful. I said, what happened? He said, well, we went to one place and they turned us away. There was nothing there. And three of us said, let's just keep going. Let's just keep moving. Let's go to the next place. They went to the next place. The next place they went to, they got a job. Him and his three mates. So sometimes we don't have to figure stuff out. We don't have to fix problems. All we need to do is come back and say, as long as it is today, I will encourage you. 
As long as it is today, I'm not going to let you stay the way that you are. We have people who are going to change the globe in this room today. And some of them don't believe it. Some of them don't believe it. You know why? Because when, they, when there's a call on someone's life, the enemy will put doubt. The enemy will put persecution. The enemy will make you feel like you're so inferior. And sometimes it takes us to say, I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And I'm going to stand here and I'm going to call you out. And I'm going to keep calling it. And it may become crazy and repetitive, but I'm going to keep calling out the gift that I see in you. I'm going to keep calling out the hope that I see in you. I'm going to keep calling out, no matter what you feel or think, you feel like you don't have anything going for you, I'm going to call it out. Because Jesus did that with us. Before we were considered his bride, we were sinners. And he says, you're still worthy because I see what you can be. Can we have an encouragement culture in this church? As long as it is today, let us encourage one another. Because the enemy is not just looking at us going, well, there they go, destroying my kingdom. He's going to use everything he can. There are called people in this room today. There are called people. Let me just say this. If you, if you feel like you need encouragement today, I want you to stand up. You say, today I need encouragement, man. I need, I need someone, to, someone to speak into the person that I may not be seeing right now in my own self. You just say, I need encouragement today. You say, I need, I, I need someone to see, not the grasshopper in me, but someone to see the warrior in me. Just look, look at all the people around. I didn't expect this many. But, but look, 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 at, look at the encouragement needed. You see, God is the God of encouragement. You know, all Paul's letters to the churches are all about encouragement. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Before you see it, keep holding on. Don't stop. Don't look to the left or the right. Stay focused. Even though you feel discouraged, keep pressing on. Throw off every sin that entangles you, run for the prize. Look at all these encouraging words. That's how Paul is building up the church. That's how we build each other up. So here's what I want us to do. Those of you who may be sitting, look at the people, up, look at the people around you. Let's pray and give encouraging words right now. Let's do this. Here's what I want us to do. If you're Sitting, if you're standing next to someone who's, and, and there's just everyone around you who needs encouragement, I just want you to put your hand on them and I want you to encourage one person. One person. And you just give them a word of encouragement. Those of you who are sitting down, find someone who needs encouragement and put your hand on them and encourage them. Pray into them. Pray, pray the calling in their life. Pray that God keeps them. Pray that God uh, produces a work inside of them. Pray that there's a hope that is birthed on the inside of them in the season. Pray that everything they're called to be, they'll step up to be. And whatever else God puts on your heart so that we can edify the body. So we're going to take just a few minutes and do that. And, and again, just say, God, what, what do you want to encourage this person with? What do you want to say to them? So, grab someone. One person each, at least. Those of you who are standing, one person each. Those of you who are sitting, stand up, encourage someone. We're just going to do one or two minutes real quick. Just encourage them. Whisper in the night. Tell me that I'm safe. Tell me it's alright. So
guys, speak to people, right? Don't just, don't just hug them, speak to them. Speak to them, say, I got your back, man. Speak to them, pray with them. It's not a prayer. Unless you want to pray. Everybody look up here for just a second. How many of you say, man, you know what? I needed that word today. Well, you're all standing, so I know you all needed it. Can, can I, let me just say something. I don't know if I've ever heard a finer word from this pulpit. A more timely word than we heard today. I mean, that was not only accurately given, but eloquently given. I hope you understand. I, I, I see such, amen. I want you to see what it means to continue to grow in Christ and, and, and walk in maturity. I've seen in this year my son step up into a level of maturity. He has every year, but this year has been incredible. I can't wait for 2018. I think we're going to have an amazing year. And uh, I just want you to be encouraged that God's not done with you. Lay into the Word. Get a hold of the Word. God's about to do something amazing this year. Get, and, and sometimes we have to encourage ourselves. I'll tell you what. But I want you to know something. Let's set this year aside to say I'm, every day while it's yet called today, I'm going to encourage somebody I'm just going to be a source of encouragement. Let's stop talking negative about our country. Let's stop talking negative about people. Let's just be a voice of encouragement. Will you do that with me? Come on. If you do that with me, lift your hand. Say, I'll do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be an encourager. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.